Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. Hey y'all, so if you haven't noticed, I was gone for some time. My bad, y'all. I didn't even say that on the last podcast. How rude of me. But yeah, I just needed to take a break and kind of just reassess and evaluate everything that's going on with the podcast. I felt myself getting a little burnt out. And I just really felt like I was trying to get me into a better mindset and also to create more structure. So you're going to notice some things are changing about the, I guess, podcast, the planter platform in general, the social media to... You know, the website got a uh, got a facelift, so it's looking a little different, looking a little cleaner, you know what I'm saying? So, you just you know, just really trying to create better content for you guys, and I really felt like I was just trying to give or make me take a step back and evaluate everything and look at everything with clearer vision. So I want to start changing the flow a little bit of the podcast. I want to start introducing to you guys people even platforms that I feel are amazing and that have been instrumental to my growth and I think that you would benefit from hearing about them as well. So the first shout out that I want to give is to Jay Mayo from Right to Real Love Radio Podcast. Jay has a podcast that is the number one relationship podcast for Christians that will make you happier and smarter. Um, Whether you're just starting out on your Christian walk or you've been in it for years, you're going to get the tools, the insight, and the guidance that will keep you inspired and motivated to stay your course in your walk. So thank you, Jay, so much for everything that you do you have been absolutely amazing towards me especially in podcasting and encouraging me and I have grown so much in the view of relationships when it comes to Christianity or Christian perspective on it and even just in my walk in general so thank you so much Jay I this is long overdue uh, but thank you so much for just creating awesome content Thank you guys for listening to my updates. And that is it. We are going to get right into the episode. Hey everybody, you're here listening to the Planter Podcast where we speak about faith, growth, and lifestyle. Today is yet again another awesome topic for you guys, especially for those of us who have graduated from college and graduate school. We're going to talk about your identity does not lie in your degree. I know that this is a topic that, you know, for some of us who are in school, we're like, oh my gosh, like what I'm doing, this is who I'm going to become. But we're going to actually talk about how to be strong and confident in your identity and who you are today. So to talk about this topic, I have an amazing guest and her name is Dr. Leslie Wonke. Hi, Dr. Leslie. Hi, Dami. How are you? I'm super excited to be on. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate that. No problem. Thank you for asking me. Awesome. Okay, so do you mind to introduce yourself um, to the listeners and tell them who you are and what you do? All right. Well, hey, planter listeners. Um, um, as Dami uh, already said, you know, my name is Leslie Woke. Um, I am a wife. I've been married for seven years. We just celebrated our anniversary recently. 
Um, I'm also a mom of two and I'm also a physician. Um, I finished med school some time ago and then started residency um, in psychiatry. And just like many of you, I've experienced the angst of, um, you know, what does my degree say about me? You know, now that I have this level of training, how should I be? And, you know, suppose I don't, you know, finish that degree or, or suppose I need to change my major. Like, what does that say about me? So I can definitely relate to um, just the insecurity and the anxiety that comes around um our training, our education, and our identities. So I'm super excited to talk about that. Awesome. And what about heart work? Girl, you forgot the most important part. Heart work. <laughs> I know. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who are listening, so I, I started um I started something called Heartwork Now. And Heartwork Now pretty much is an online personal development pl- um, platform. Um, you can go to it as www.heartworknow.com and on it, I have just a ton of resources from uh, a, a new podcast to videos to e-courses um, and some blogs. And it's all geared around the idea of how do we manage our emotions? Um, I, you know, my thing is this. I honestly believe that God is calling. I, okay, I believe this. I believe that God has, has a calling on each of our lives. He has a work for us to do, Right. It may not always be sexy. It may not always be this big, extraordinary thing, but there's something specific that he wants all of us to do. And far too often, we allow things like our emotions or the emotions from past experiences to hold us back. And so I really see hard work now as my way of um, really equipping people to know how to deal with those emotions. Let's figure out how to talk about it. Let's figure out how to process it. So we can get onto the business of doing the thing that we were designed and wired to do. So that's what Heartwork Now is, you know, um, I'm super excited about it. I just kind of officially launched um, not too long ago. And it's been really cool to see just the responses from people. And yeah. And I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen a doctor do something like this before. So, you know, I've been seeing your, I think your Instagram since last year. And I was mm. like, no, she needs to be on my podcast because what she's <laughs> doing is so cool. Aww. Like, I love it. So, Thank you, Dami. So grateful you that so you're much. here. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So let's get right into the topic. Your identity does not lie in your degree. Um, can we talk about how we have culturally come to believe that who we are is based on our degree that we've chosen? Like, how did we come to this understanding that this is our quote unquote purpose? Yeah. Um, you know, when I think about that, you know, I think about something that one of my favorite, um, I guess I call her like my virtual mentor, um, and that's Dr. Brene Brown. Um, she has written several books, Rising Strong, Gifts of Imperfection, Done TED Talks, and Super amazing. I love her. But one of the things that she talks about is that as people, we are wired for story. And when she says that, what she's you know meaning is that as people, we want to be able to have a clear, defined, um, you know, process of who you are, what something is. Because if we can kind of put some clear attributes as to what you're doing, then we can understand that process for ourselves. 
And how that makes me think about, you know, our education and our training is I think we do the same thing with that. You know, we grow up and we're like, well, I need to define who I am. And a part of defining who you are, at least in our culture, is, okay, I need to go to this type of school. I need to go for that type of profession. Now, from almost like an evolutionary standpoint, right, like once you are able to name something, label it, you now are clear as to, okay, well, this is what this is. You know, it, it makes it easy for you. You can go through life because you're like, hey, you know, I study to do engineering. I'm going to be an engineer and this is what engineers do. Or, hey, I studied English and I'm going to become a teacher. And so on, on some level, it provides a sense of guidance and structure and organization to how we approach life, right? But on another level, it's hard because we start to say that we are that thing as opposed to saying that degree or that training amplifies who we already are. Um, so I think a lot of it comes from just how we are wired as people. You know, once you know that someone is a certain profession or they're studying a certain degree, um, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And automatically I know who you are and what you're about. The tricky part is, if you are someone that doesn't finish school or if you're someone that's not doing well in your major or you're not doing well in your, you know, like in your area of training, um, the tricky part is not allowing that to now kind of write the story of who you are, which goes so far beyond your training. So. You better preach. <laughs> I love that, um, especially the idea that our degree or what we study is more to amplify who we are, not necessarily yeah. it is who we are. And that's one thing um, I know for me, I had to get that a little bit later down the road. Um, mm -hmm. I know most of my listeners know that I'm trying to do medicine. And for me, for the first like two or three years of college, you know, well, let me say the first two years, I wasn't doing like the best in school, not because I didn't want to, I just didn't know how. And because of that, I just felt that, oh, well, you know, not that I'm worthless, but if I can't do well in this, how am I going to do well in life? And, oh, yeah, you know, all this, all this yeah. mess. And, you know, it wasn't until I really got quiet before God and kind of understood um, my identity in him mm -hmm. versus my identity in, I guess, my career it, mm -hmm. it made a whole lot of difference for me. I was like, oh, like, no, I'm this person. This is who I am. But this is just amplifying. God is just using this career or mm -hmm. what I'm doing as, as a vehicle for me to, to pursue the purpose that he's given me. It's just a vehicle. Exactly. And I, I, I love that you use that. It is just a vehicle. And a vehicle is something you get in to go to a place and you get out, <laughs> you know. So whether you finish your training or your degree or not, like it's just something that you do to get to the next chapter, to get to the next phase. And it doesn't, um, it quite literally doesn't define who you are. You know, there's something else that you said too, when you were like, you know, like you needed to sit down and get still before God and just realize that your identity is in Christ. And you know, I'll be honest, like I'm a believer. I love Jesus. Um, but, you know, growing up, when people used to say that, I just never understood that. Mm -hmm. I never understood that. Like, what does that mean? Like, my identity is in Christ. Like, what does that mean? Right. You know, like, Jesus died. Like, what, like <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I, I would wrestle with that. And, and a part of where 
I am now is um, my identity being in Christ is acknowledging the fact that, okay, first God made me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, he knitted me together in my mother's womb. So everything about me is so special, so divinely made, so, you know, orchestrated and put in me. So he, he deposited something in me. And my identity in Christ means I'm leaning on the fact that everything that I need to go about life, he gave it to me. Everything that I'm interested in, everything that I'm curious about, he put that in me. And so because he put that in me, so because he made that, he made me, he put it in me, it's okay to express that. You know, it's okay to be curious about wanting to go, oh, like, should I do, I you know, rock climbing or, you know, sailing? I don't know. You know, so I, I feel like, like, our, you know, that phrase is something that we hear, but we don't really kind of push it more. I, you know, our identities in Christ is being able to acknowledge that he put so much in us and it's okay to like really live that out, you know, and, and show the world that and not be confined to certain boxes or not be confined to a certain narrative that society says that we should live. Mm-hmm. I love that explanation of that because you're right. If somebody could be listening to this right now and be like, okay, my identity lies in Christ, like, okay, like, what does that mm-hmm. mean? But I love mm-hmm. that you you really went into detail and clarified that. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming physician and what were some challenges that you faced when viewing your own self-worth? Oh, man, the road to becoming a doctor. Tell us, tell us. (laughs) It is, it is, wow, man, Mm. I just, I thank God. Um, (laughs) It really was, um, it's been really interesting, I have to say, it's been really interesting. So um, I applied for medical school. Um, So first, you know, well, for college, I went to Spelman College, and I was there in the pre-med program, and, you know, like many, um, you know, people who want to do medicine. I was pre-med. I was a biology major. And here I was as a junior and I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, the next step is med school. I need to take these MCATs. I need to, you know, get on it. So I'm taking my MCATs and I've never been the best test taker at all. And so I'm taking my MCATs and I'm just not getting the score that I need. And so at this point, it's clear that I'm not going to get the score to get, um, you know, to get an, an admission, you know, at least where I want to go. Um, so I, you know, you know, there's some gentle advice from others and, and just me just having to kind of, kind of accept the reality of that. I started to look at, well, do I need to do a post program or, you know, what should I do? And that was also really confusing because a, I came into this whole college experience, like I'm going to do an MD, MPH, and I'm going to, um, you know, like do like a dual program and it's going to be at the best school, the top program. And so you, I had these certain expectations and here I am in reality and my expectations and reality are not matching up. And so I was confused. I'm trying to find a way out. I'm looking at post facts. I'm looking at, should I do another, um, another, like, um, like a a PhD or like get a master's in between, whichever, you know? So I decided, you know, I I applied for a couple of post-bac programs and um, I got into one of them, but then 
I had a moment, and, and, and this is something I would tell your listeners, um, I cannot stress enough the importance of listening to yourself, like getting still and listening to yourself. And I say that kind of going back to what I said before, if we believe that God made us, if we believe that he put things in us, then when we're listening to ourselves, we're listening to the spirit of God in us. So I had that moment where I had to listen and say, this doesn't feel right. Like, I know I want to do medicine, but I don't want to do a post-bac program. I don't want to do that. You know, my heart um, was for being able to serve others through healthcare, but also really tackling some of these hard um, global issues, such as like social justice and, um, and public health. So I said, well, you know, I came into this saying I wanted to do MD and PH. Why don't I just focus on the MPH, you know? And so um, at this point, you know, I'd accepted my my way to go to my postback program. And um, that summer I was working at the EPA and, you know, I said, you know, I really want to get my MPH then, you know, and um, it, it happened very quickly. Once I listened to myself um, and I said, OK, this is what I want to do. I sat, I looked up a couple of schools because by this point it was June, like people already have their rosters full for the fall. So I said, I need to find a school that has rolling admission. And even if it means I start in January, I'll do it. And I remember after that first search, um, I, uh, I looked up, it was GW and Loma Linda. I ended up, you know, like I applied to GW, got in. I had to rush and take my GREs, all of that. So I'm, I'm adding all this detail because I want to just kind of show your listeners, like the path isn't always straight. It's not always, um, okay, from, you know, know, college to med school to, you know, to residency to training, you know, it can be very circuitous, but I believe God is in the bins of all of that. Um, and it was clear that he was guiding me, you know, in this bend of trying to figure out, oh, I don't want to do post back, but I really want to do my MPH. And I'm so happy that I listened to him with that. Um, so I ended up going to GW and those were some of the most awesome years of my life. Um, I got my MPH there. And at the end, again, I'm faced with, man, like, I, I, I still want to do medicine, you know. So I, I applied for, um, for medical school again. And um, again, it was, you know, a struggle with test scores. And I ended up going to um, St. Matthews University, which is a, a medical school out in Grand Cayman. And loved the experience there. Um, was really felt so fortunate um, to have that training. The teacher, you know, like our professors there were hands-on, and I learned a lot and met a lot of great people. I later transferred to Ross University um, to finish up my medical training, um, and then graduated. And then what's next? Residency. So, you know, I'm along with all the other, you know, um, fourth-year medical students, and, you know, we're applying for residency, and I'm trying to think about what I wanted to do. And, you know, at that time, I applied um, for residency in OBGYN, and I was I was so sure I was going to make it. You know, I had a particular program I was looking at and um, I didn't match, you know, and it was again, here we are. We have these set of expectations of, of course, I'm going to finish medical school. I'm going to know what I want to do and I'm going to, you know, just go right into it and an expectation not in alignment with reality. And the reality was I did not match. And um, that was a hard 
but beautiful year. Um, you know, during that time, I really, you know, so it's like at this point, I have my degree, I'm a doctor, but then it's like, what am I going to do with that if I can't match, you know, if, if I can't match into a residency program? That year, um, again, I did a lot of listening to myself, um, a lot of just really being still before God and just trying to go with the flow of where he was taking me. You know, I had this time where Um, You know, every week I would go out and have a conversation with another doctor who worked um, in public health or like another physician who was, you know, doing stuff in the government because I knew I wanted to do medicine. I also knew that it that it was going to look different than the traditional model of how we practice medicine. Um, So I spent a lot of time in conversations with people. I spent a lot of time really trying to figure out, well, like, what is it that I want to do? That was the year um, I got pregnant with our first um, child. And I also started um, a nonprofit with a friend of mine um, where we were working with young girls who um, who had a trauma background um, out on the West Coast. And so I poured myself into those things. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the verse um, in Jeremiah, I believe, where after it's, it's after chapter 29. So like after. So, um, so chapter 30, where it's like. You know, settle in, like settle in the lands where God has brought you to settle in, have kids, you know, build your homes. And that's what I was doing. Even this season of not matching, I settled into that time and really tried to glean from it what I could. And it was a really beautiful season. Um, So, yeah, after after that season, I reapplied for residency and um, I matched. And, you know, during that season, I decided to switch to psychiatry and I matched to psychiatry. And that's where we are. and it's, it's, it's really been an interesting, <laughs> um, long journey, but um, I think that's kind of how God does things. I think that's kind of how, you know, he maps things out. So, yeah. Dang. You are speaking to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh like this thing, this thing is so, I think sometimes, again, we're wired for story. Yeah. We want to hear this nice kind of easy story. Tell me the how to tell me how, you know, and not everyone's story is that it's, it's just like, that's just not reality. <laughs> right. you know? Oh man. Wow. Like that is a testimony. That is a yeah. testimony. And oh, you showed me that there are so many ways of, of getting there. There's so many ways, you know, and I think for you, yours is so unique. Mm-hmm. it's so you like I said in the beginning like I've never seen anybody doing what you do like even with hard work now it's like wow like this is so different mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so beautiful and wow to see God took you through all of that and you still are doing what you're called to do even though it didn't pan out the way that you wanted it to or the way yeah. you thought man yeah. like you still made it yeah you still made it and you got you did all these awesome things like on the way which is like wow yeah. And still and still trying, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and still trying to make it, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I would encourage, you know, those of you all that are listening is to create that space for God. It, you know, we we like to say we're trusting him. We like to say we're following him. And I think we do that to some degree by, you know, like we have our quiet times, we read our Bibles, we engage in that type of activity. But it's a whole other thing to really like create space for him to do what he's going to do. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. 
it is something where like when you hear the story, it's like, oh my God, that's amazing. But it's not fun going through it all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not fun going through it. Um, so yeah, just create space for him to really move. You know? I think one of the big takeaways for me was getting still. Like really mm. just what do I what am I feeling right now? Like what if mm-hmm. what it like what is the Holy Spirit saying or in other words, yeah, what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Like where am I feeling like I'm being led to? I think Ugh. that's that's you know, it's you know, we always hear it, but I don't know, hearing it again like that, I guess with your story, it just yeah. makes sense. It's like, Oh yeah, you're right. I should just, you know, take time and really get still and quiet before God. You know, there was like, what was it? I think maybe last semester when I was studying for the MCAT and my friend, like every time I'd come to her, she'd be like, you know what, Dami, be still. Mm. <laughs> every time. Mm. <laughs> be still. Because mm. MCAT season was like, uh-uh. Like I'm, yeah. I'm with you on the, the testing. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not dumb, but when it comes exactly. to testing. these tests. Girl, like when it comes to testing, it's like, oh my gosh, like what? Like I studied for months and still Mm -hmm. did not get the score that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I can do good in my classes, but when it comes to these tests, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I really. It is. Yeah. It's so hard. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. Um, Just, yeah, my friend will always tell me, like, as I would come to her, like, frustrated and upset and just, you know, she like, just be still. Be still. Mm. That's all she'd always say to me for months. Be still. Be still. Be still. I'm like, I am still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't you say I'm still? <laughs> Ooh, girl, oh, I, I so feel it. But oh, you know man. what? Like when, if if we can talk about that for a second, like what does it mean or look like to be still? Please. Because again, for those of us like like you and me, you know, like we're both science inclined and in that space and a lot of, um, you know, we are rewarded for looking like we have it all together. We are rewarded Mm -hmm. for looking busy. We are rewarded for having a plan and trying to tackle it. Uh But it's almost like in God's kingdom, it's a backwards kingdom where it's like, no, 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 no. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you just to get really quiet. You know, I think about, um, there's a story in scripture, um, with, Elijah, the prophet Elijah. And it's a story where the widow came to him and asked um, him for help. And so this widow comes to him, you know, her husband had just passed away. Her husband was among um, the men that followed Elijah. And she was now coming to him saying, hey, you know, we don't have any money. You know, these people are trying to take my sons, you know, to pay off the debt that my husband owed. You know, what should we do? Help me. And, the, you know, Elijah told her, go to your neighbors, collect some jars, and then go into your house, take your sons with you and close the door. And when you do that, pour the oil that you have and just keep pouring it, you know? And when, when she did that, A, it's amazing that she, and that she actually listened. It, it shows that she trusted his word enough to actually do that. She went and got, you know, the things to collect from other people. And she went into her home and closed the door with her sons. For me, that's so key because oftentimes when God is going to do his best work is when we go into our house, whether that's like your heart or literally into a space and, you know, like inside your home, go wherever you are, bring, he told her to bring your sons. Okay. And for us, bring the, like, 
like bring your people close to you. Like, like your close tribe, whether that's your best friend or your mom or your dad or your mentor or like your accountability partner, bring those select few with you and get to the business of actually doing what God is saying to do. Get still, try it out. And that's what she did. She poured the oil and was able to just see that there was oil for days and she was able to sell that oil and actually get the money that she was looking for. I say that to say, because like when we talk about being still, it's like, okay, well, I sat down and had a quiet time. No, it, it's not just that. It is this continual process of saying, okay, let me pull away. Let me actually sit in this word. Let me actually do the things that he's telling me to do. Because for some of you, there's something clearly that God has said, I want you to do this. But we get so caught up in talking about it to other people. We get so caught up in, you know, feeling frustrated and worrying and, and all of that, all of that frenetic energy around thinking or trying to execute something. And he's just saying, I just need you to go into your house, close your door and be, just be, you know, and limit the voices that you're bringing in with you. She only brought her sons, only bring those few people that, you know, are for you in that season. And let's get to the business of doing what he's called us to do. So, you know, I just encourage people, uh, you know, what, like wherever the stage of your educational journey, um, along the way, we should always have these times where we're crafting out this white space, this, this still quiet space to just really hear from him. It's everything. Use that, that story in the Bible to show um, what it means to be still because, you, mm-hmm. you know, we speak Christianese, I like to call it Christian mm-hmm. And yes. we don't really understand what they mean. And yes. it's true. Sometimes it's not just sitting down and reading your Bible. That That's one part of being still. But mm-hmm. just being. Like, I love that. I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just going to be. be. Wow. Yes. Yes. We say, we say oh. a lot. It's one thing. Like, I, I laugh at my husband sometimes. I'm like, you know, sometimes, you know, in prayer. When people are like, you know, Lord, we just bless you. No, it's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. How are you blessing <laughs> Jesus? Like, it's I mean, like, a filler word. Yeah, we just we just say stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, more than ever, this is the time. If you believe that, let's live it. Like, for real, like, let's really live it. And that's a very practical thing. It doesn't have to be so up in the air and woo-woo as we like to make it. Like, I believe God is a very practical God. Just get quiet and lay down, <laughs> you know, and be still and don't think. Don't do anything. Just uh-huh. stop. Uh-huh. You know, it's a very practical thing. Yes. So. You know, one thing you said, you're like, oh, in like the medical field, we're basically praised for being busy. You know, yeah. one thing, it, it hit me. Like, I had a roommate um, who was taking the MCAT as well. I don't know how many credits she was taking, but she was taking like a crap load of credits. She was studying for the MCAT. She was doing research. She had mm-hmm. a job. The girl was mm-hmm. basically crying every day. But mm-hmm. it's it, it looks normal. And yeah. you know, I remember talking to my friend. I said, oh, this is what my roommate is doing. She like cries. Like she'll tell me. She's like, yeah, I cried today. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah, that's just, you know, that's what it is. And she's like, mm, that doesn't sound right. I said, no, that's just a pre-med life, you know. But mm-hmm. over time, I looked back at it and I was just like, wait 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 something is wrong with this picture here yeah i'm just like 
why do I have to be to the, like to the brink of tears every day or struggling every day, taking 18 credits every semester to, mm-hmm. to now prove myself that I'm worthy enough to be in this profession or I'm worthy enough to to do whatever I'm, I'm trying to do? You know, we, we yeah. get so busy. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Like I hear so many different people. Yeah, I'm doing this. I'm taking 21 credits, and I'm and I'm in a lab too, and I'm and I'm doing this. I'm mm-hmm. doing that, and I'm looking at myself. I said, Dami, what are you doing? Yeah, like, what are you doing? Oh, you need to pile on more stuff too. Like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> too much. Too much. Too much. <laughs> yes. Too much. Just sit down. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously, like there are seasons. Like just like it talks about in Ecclesiastes chapter three. Like there are seasons. Like there's a season sorry, like a time to work and a time to play. Like, so granted, you will have, you know, ebbs and flows throughout your journey where you really do need to buckle down and like get it done. And it's going to be hard. Like there are seasons for that. But then there's also this space where we need to kind of check and say, do I really need to do all of that? You know, one thing is like you mentioned the research, you know, like as a biology major pre-med, yeah, that's what you hear a lot is like, Oh, like you need to do research. You need to do, and that's something, you know, like when people come and ask me for advice, I'm like, well, do you want to do research? Because if you don't want to do research, you don't have to do research. You know, it's, it's going to show that you don't want to do that. Like do, do what you would like to do because then you're going to bring your full self to the table. You know, I had to do that. Like I was working in a lab, you know, in college, all because everyone says you should. And I said, I don't want to do this. And I pulled away and I actually I threw myself into other things that were more interesting to me. And that that speaks for itself, because when people are looking at your resume or your CV later, later, it's telling a story, you know, and you want your you want your story to be as authentic to you as possible. So if you don't have to do it, don't do it. Don't be team too much. Don't be that. Mm, too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Like even this summer, yo, God. So I had signed. <laughs> I wanted to volunteer at these places, like that were I was interested in. I was genuinely interested in, right? Three different, three different things, because um, my job ended earlier in the summer, so I had more free time. Mm-hmm. I went to the trainings. I did everything, and lo and behold, not one of them called me back, or mm. it would be like. They would call me back or um, I'm waiting on a call from somebody. So mm-hmm. they need to call me back so I can continue the process. They wouldn't call me back. And I would call the other person I need to get in contact with. And they would like, I don't know what's going on. Or they wouldn't pick up the phone. And then another one. Oh, our, your background checks aren't in yet. So we can't really do anything for months. This went on for two months. And mm. I said, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> I was like, mm. you know what? I'm going to just focus on the planner. How about that? how about that i'm like whatever you know and then they want to call me at the end of the summer but i was like shoot i'm going back home for a couple weeks i can't really you know do anything and now Mm -hmm. i'm in the in the um i'm facing the thing that okay i'm in school now i'm back in miami um do i want to engage with those um volunteer experiences because now they got back to me and i'm Mm -hmm. in this process now where i'm trying to kind of be still now and be like is this do you want me to (laughs) Mm -hmm. go forth Mm -hmm. with this stuff or is there something else you want me to focus on right now is it a podcast you want me to focus on right now do you want me to dedicate my time a little bit more time to those things too you know Mm -hmm. but i say that to be like sometimes 
even God will put a stop to the things that you think you have to do. Sometimes yeah. he really wants you to be still just like that. And, uh, you know, this summer, it was a lot of processing for me. It was a lot of journaling. It was really a lot of God dates, like going to Starbucks. I'm like, all right, God, let's sit down. Like, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. talk. Like, we're going to journal, you know, a lot of times like that. So going back to team too much, like sometimes <laughs> if you don't put an end to it, mm-hmm. I'm going to help you do it. <laughs> he's yeah. Gonna, he's I mean, going to put he... an end to it. He really will. And, you know, like you don't want to get to that point <laughs> where he's like, okay, just, you know, you know, stop. But just, you're right. just really being intentional to hear him. And, you know, one of the things I would say, you know, like even to your point of kind of like that final question you threw out there of, well, God, like, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to do X, Y, or Z, or do you want me to do this? One of the things when it comes to, um, kind of discovering next steps or discovering passion even is, you know, we get caught up in this idea that it's just going to fall in our lap, right? Like we, you know, and it doesn't always work that way. Yes. There are some things that you're really interested in and it's like, Oh, I need to explore that. And by all means go do that. But sometimes we don't discover our passion or what we should do until we actually do something. So, Oftentimes that next step looks like, uh, I don't know if I want to do biology or English. I'm not sure. And so maybe that next step is, well, let me go, you know, I'll do a summer program and see how I like it. Or maybe I'll go, you know, work with, you know, someone who did study English and like what that led for them, you know. Um, that next execution phase, again, is, again, it's not, it's not always straight, you know but God is in the bins of that. And so as you're trying to discover your own passion, your next step and, you know, who you really are, um, I think what's key to that is being willing to try, um, being willing to mess up, you know, because what you're essentially doing is testing something out. Um, there's a concept that I love um, in design thinking and design thinking for those of you all who don't know, um, there's a book, um, there's a book by it. I'll, I'll give it to you so you can, I guess, add it on to the blog text like when you're kind of posting it. But um, this book talks about, you know, a way of how to kind of think about our lives and how to kind of craft the next steps. And um, one of the things that talks about is being able to actually to actually test and do something, you know, and you're not always going to be sure. You're not always going to be, you know, 100 percent clear that this is the right, you know, like the thing that you want to settle on, but you test. It gives an example of a student, um, I think he was in grad school, and he was trying to figure out the next step after he graduated. And he wasn't sure if he wanted to do, it was between three different, like three very different industries that he was looking at. And so what he did was he just applied to do um, internships in all three of those areas. And funny enough, he got into all three of them, and then he had to decide, well, Am I going to, you know, like, which one do I choose? And he asked them if he could do all three. And these were internships that were like, I think, a few months long. So he worked it out where he could do one for three months, the other one for the next three months, the other one for the next three months. And so he, he almost spent a year or a good portion of a year doing these internships. And um, at the end of it, after doing all three of them, he said, huh, I don't think I want to do any of them. You know, he found himself actually explaining the journey of how he, you know, had decided to do all three internships and helping people kind of craft 
how to, you know, choose their careers and ended up doing career planning. You know, I share that example to say, you know, as you're thinking about the next thing to do, don't be afraid to say, like, don't be afraid to test it. Don't be afraid to, you know, try multiple things and give yourself the grace and the time to actually explore it. You know, there's a lot that's at hand that we could possibly tap into, but sometimes we're just in such a rush to finish, to graduate, get to the next season that we miss out on opportunities to to just to learn and really see what is it that I want to do. Yes. And, you know, when it comes to exploring, I feel that, like you said, we're always trying to rush. And I feel like, you know, because kind of society says that we have to do this by this age and get here mm-hmm. by this age. And, you know, especially for women, it's like, oh, you know, I have to mm-hmm. have kids by a certain age and be married and blase, blase. But, you know, that's one concept that I'm going to be taking with me after this podcast is explore, ask questions, go and see. Because the thing is for me too, like I fall into that, that, you know, by this time, like, you know, I need to, I need to be here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I expected to be uh, my second year of medical school by now or my first year, no, second year by now. That's how I planned it out coming into college. But lo and behold, Mm -hmm. I'm still here. So, you know, life has kind of, forced me or pushed me in a way that I have to explore but I think the idea of willingly exploring and really seeing that okay is this something that I want to do is this not something that I want to do you know mm-hmm. I think that's golden yeah and but you, and you know to you know like we're both Nigerian and yeah. <laughs> you know from our like from our culture it's mm-hmm. you have to hurry up you have to get, <laughs> you, 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 you know so and so you know I, mm-hmm. I I'm fully cognizant of the fact that you know, what I'm saying, what you're saying feels um, very foreign, you know, in the lives of yeah. people that might be listening. It might, you know, it does feel foreign. Um, but I think that's, again, where we have to now, are you going to choose how you want to live or are you just kind of kind of keep going along? Because you can choose, you can stop, you can explore, you can do that. Like we have the grace and the room to do that. Um, or you could just kind of keep with the motion of things. And sometimes that's hard when you're going against parents or, you know, kind of these cultural expectations. You know, one of the things I'm so grateful for in all of this, you know, my parents as, as Nigerian as they are, you know, how, however it was, I mean, God just really gave them just a a special sense of kind of grace with me because it could have been, you know, like when I didn't, you know, go to that postback program, it could have been where they said, ah, Oluchi, you must go back to that program. You better, you know, they could have said that. But I remember my dad being like, okay, if, if that's not what you want to do, we support you. And my mom saying the same thing. You know, it's like whenever there's been this transition, this switch, they just kind of fall right in line and say, okay, you know. And so I'm, I've been tremendously grateful for that, especially being you know someone who has grown up full stock and center in the nigerian culture so that is by the grace of god <laughs> by the grace of god because i the know full grace of god yeah because i know the same thing for me too my mom is very like you know oh you know just do what you want to do or not do what you want to do but <laughs> yeah i mean yeah do what you want to do um you know she puts a little pressure on me but for the most part she's like okay you know just do what makes you happy that's actually what she told me 
um, mm-hmm. a couple days ago. But I know that most people do not have that luxury. And then sometimes exploring costs money or yes. lack of money. Yes. I know that's one thing. People are like, oh, my God, like y'all saying this, it sounds nice, but I have bills to pay. I have things to do, you know. Yes. But, Yes, you oh my god to that me. point can i can i say this that, i'm like if you are if you are a student take advantage of being a student like a lot of exploring can happen when you're in school whether you're a grad student or a college student go do study abroad go do those internships take that year and go work for a company because at least you're within the confines and the protection of well at least like your tuition is covered for or paid for or whatnot be as as long as you're a student let yourself explore, please, because once you come out of it, it is harder. You know, you do have the realities of bills and, you know, like like having to manage your life, you know. So, man, if you're in school, please, you know, try and explore there, you know. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And that's one thing that that's why I did that ma- the second major, because I was like, let me not graduate and then have to come back and mm-hmm. pay for all these classes and if I like it or not, nah. We we're gonna mm-hmm. go through school and we're gonna we're gonna work we're gonna work with it in school. Yes. Work mm-hmm. with it. That's real. <laughs> so how can somebody be more confident in their identity as a person and also in Christ, especially if like school or the career they expected to have um isn't falling into place? Mm. So I think it, it goes back to a lot of what you know we've said before. I, I would say two things. Um, listen to yourself and practice. And by that I mean, if you like to write stories, then go write stories and go practice that. And as you practice that, you get the confidence in that. As you practice that, you get more opportunities. As you practice that and start telling people that, people know what you're into and they know to expect that from you. So listen to yourself and practice. Because if, again, if we believe that God made us, and if we believe that he has deposited everything that we need for life in us, let's listen to the outflow of that. So, you know, if you're kind of torn between majors or like which career track to go down, I would ask you, what do you want to do? Listen to that, that thing, listen to that, and actually try that, do that thing, and practice that thing. Um, That's, that's the biggest thing I would say. It's the hardest thing. It sounds so simple, you know, but um, it's, <laughs> it's such a hard, difficult thing to just allow ourselves to do what we want versus what we feel we should be doing. And I say this from like just pure life experience. It's, it's hard, but that really is it. Like that's where that confidence comes from is when you listen to yourself. Yes. And, um, Oh, dang, I forgot what I was going to say. I was like, um, um, oh, <laughs> oh, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> I co-signed we'll just, that. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just leave that there. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah, that that is a hard thing. That mm-hmm. really is a hard thing. Like, deciphering what you think you're expected to do and then what you're actually meant to do. But mm-hmm. it's also so reassuring hearing it. You know, sometimes we just yeah. need to be reminded many times mm-hmm. of these things, of these just simple things, you mm-hmm. know, so because as you're speaking, I'm just like, yes, like I'm snapping my fingers like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. I and, needed. And, and I think it's a lesson that we have to keep learning, you know, mm-hmm. be, you know, even beyond the college phase, beyond 
the graduate school phase, you know, when you're in your, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, it's constantly needing to hear um, that everything that we have is already in us. And it's just to trust that and to move, you know, so it's, it's hard, but it's, it's, it's there and doable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So one last question, right? When it <laughs> comes to identity, um, what, what final advice would you give somebody who is struggling to find their identity, period, that doesn't really know who they are? What would you tell that person? Mm. Yeah. Do we have a whole other hour? <laughs> <laughs> um, Go ahead. Man, I mean, you know, I honestly, I, I, think, I think we've kind of said it. You know, if you're someone that's struggling with who am I? What is the next stage? What do I do next in life? All of that. It's to really get still. And it's to listen. It's to remember. Um, and by remember, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of talking to this idea of, well, what have you always liked to do? What has always been on your mind? You know, where did you come from? Like, what are you coming out of? remembering and kind of getting this assessment of like, man, like what has your life been? Um, I honestly feel that, you know, I honestly feel that us discovering who we are is, is that, is getting quiet, listening and remembering and then going to now practice. I, I honestly think it's that. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think of you know, maybe a cooler way of saying it, but no, it, it's honestly that. And that, that might sound disappointing, <laughs> but um, I, I think God is one that, you know, he's simple. It doesn't like, again, like let's not be team too much. You know, it's let's just get quiet and really hear um, who have you been and where are you now and what are you feeling? And let's ride with that. And I believe God is in the middle of all of that internal conversation that we're having. Amen. I love that. God is simple. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, he really is. Mm -hmm. Now if we could just get it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. If only. I think we just think so complex and we think God is so complex and, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I like that. So do you have any other resources that you would recommend to anybody listening, whether it be books, blogs, podcasts, apps, or whatever, any other resources that you feel that somebody listening should be listening to? Hmm. Well, you know, um, well, well, I mean, you're obviously, you guys are all listening to The Planter, so keep supporting Dami and, and hey. her podcast and all the amazing things that she's doing. Um, Thanks. Um, I guess shameless plug, I would, you know, push the website, um, heartworknow.com. Um, you know, I also have on there, um, a lot of videos where I'm talking about this very thing of, um, you know, how do you overcome, you know, the setback of, you know, not getting into a school or like, you know, like, you know, the setback of like where your expectation didn't come into alignment with your reality. How do you push past that? Um, and then honestly, you know, beyond, um, you know, what you're doing, what I'm doing, um, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I would say I'm not going to push any book. I would say get your own book. I would say get a blank journal. 
and um, really start to write your own process. And um, for me, you know, I kind of call this like just starting your heart work journey. And that starts with, again, getting still. We've said it so many times, getting still, kind of carving out that white space where it's just you and God and you're just listening and start to write down what's coming to your mind. You know, we live in a world where we easily get so distracted, where we have a thought or an idea about something and then we're just kind of on to the next, you know. So use these times and really create your own book of what you're of like of what you want your life to be like and what you're hearing from your heart, what you're hearing from God and write those things down. And when you're writing them, as you come back to this space every time, reread what you just wrote the last time. Remind yourself of, oh, yeah, I did say I wanted to do that. Why aren't I doing that? You know, oh, yeah, I did say that I wanted to go to that program. Oh, I haven't applied, you know. So this is a way of kind of chronicling or kind of creating your own memorial of, um, of where you're hoping to go. And then it's also a way of kind of like this self-accountability of, hmm, you know, I, I can't keep saying I want to do these things, but I'm not doing it, you know. And then from there you go into the phase of, well, how can I start next to do? And then use also that journal and create a plan of like, what is my three-month goal? What is my three-year goal? What is my five-year goal? Like, what do I want those things to look like? So the only book I would suggest, you know, um, outside of, you know, the word, of course, is your own book. Get a blank journal and start to write and start um, to get your thoughts and ideas on paper and, and go with it. That was probably the best resource ever on the podcast. <laughs> it's so funny that you said that my friend actually told me to do something like that. Um, a mm -hmm. couple months ago, especially during a time where I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. You know, I journal a lot. And she was like, go back to what God told you when you were writing. Go back to what mm -hmm. you wrote down in your journal. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. Like, you know, for days, I would just have to reread it over and over and over and remind myself that this is where you're going. This is what mm -hmm. this is what you want to do. You know, so honestly, yeah, that's that's awesome. Great advice. Yeah. Awesome Thank advice. you. Oh, yeah. And I'll add one to Brene Brown. I love yes. Brene Brown. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love Brene Brown. She is like so my virtual mentor. Um, mm -hmm. I think she's definitely helping to create dialogue around yes. all of these hard to talk about issues. So, so mm -hmm. grateful for her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, all right. Dr. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I Aww, thank you, Dami. Uh, you don't understand what you did for me. It's just it's exactly what I needed in this time. And I'm sure people are listening are just like, oh my goodness, she spoke to me. I loved <laughs> it. You're right. I'm gonna explore. I'm gonna be still, gosh darn it. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, you know, honestly, thank you for having me. And you know, I, again, I just encourage your listeners, you know, check out the site, heartworknow.com. Um, shoot me a message. You know, I also do executive coaching. I work with women leaders and helping them being able to figure out this space of, okay, you know, I've, I, you know, I've overcome this setback or sorry, I'm, I'm dealing with the setback. How do I overcome it? You know, and then trying to process, you know, a lot of the emotional stuff that we deal with at work, you know? So, you know, if you're someone where you find yourself caught in this transition space, I would love to work with you. You know, I coach women and would be honored to start um, anyone else on their heart work journey. So you can reach me through the website and um, my email. So. 
awesome thank you so much and guys uh you know where to find the planner you can find the planner on instagram at the planter so that's t-h-e-p-l-a-n-n-t-e-r and on facebook the same thing and to know when the podcast is coming up subscribe on itunes it's gonna be or the link is gonna be right below and you can actually do it while you're listening to the podcast right now so don't <laughs> forget to subscribe to the podcast um thank you guys so much for listening and i will speak to you all on the next episode